Well, brothers and sisters in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Uh, so what we're doing is we're getting into our Lenten series entitled Concerning. Uh, what do you do? What do you get when you peel back the layers? And uh, the season of Lent is really a time of reflection. So that's what we're going to be doing throughout the series. And you can follow along by reading in Matthew's gospel, Matthew chapter 5, verse 21, all the way through Matthew chapter 7, verse 29. And while there may be some different headings that you might find in your own personal Bible, depending on the translation, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be using the, the section headings that you can find in your pew Bibles uh, for a sense of continuity and a little familiarity. Uh, and we have before us today the first concerning statement of Jesus that's highlighted in Matthew's gospel. And of course, as you know, there's different definitions to the word concerning. The first definition, of course, is in terms of a point of information. Here's something you need to know as it relates to a certain topic. In this instance, here's some information concerning anger. Let's talk about it. The second definition, of course, is in terms of a warning that, that this perhaps is something that you need to be concerned or worried about, that there's a spiritual pitfall that, that needs to be brought to our attention. So there's this awareness, yes, of a point of information, but also this word of a caution that Jesus is associating with us. So it brings us to our first text for today where Jesus begins, you have heard that it was said to those in ancient times, you shall not murder and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. It's the whole thou shalt not kill commandment thingy, right? One of the big 10. And for most of us, I would imagine, and I would hope that we're like, no problem. Let's move on to the next one. Yet before we go and say next, Jesus continues in verse 22. And notice that there's a progression here as we go through this text, as well as Jesus begins to peel back each of these layers. He says, but I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you'll be liable to judgment. And I want us to please note here that Jesus isn't taking the Old Testament commandment. He says, okay, here's something better. He's saying, you know what I want to do? I, I want to build on this. Uh, there's something deeper that I want you to be aware of. And I'm going to give you a little bit more insight. There's more to this than just that surface level understanding that maybe you grew up with or maybe that you were taught within your Sunday school classrooms. Here's something else. But here's something else that's weighing on my heart. That it's not just about our actions that Jesus is concerned about, but he's also concerned about our words as well as our attitudes. In fact, did any of you by chance get angry with anyone this week? I will be the first to raise my hand, okay? Let me have a follow-up question. Is anyone still angry with somebody from this past week? I once again will be the first to raise my hand. And you know who you are. Now, that's the awkward part that I would like, look in your direction. You're like, what did I do, right? That's, that's the dangerous part. But some of us here this morning are still angry. We are still sitting in that, that anger this morning, and we're allowing it to fester. We may be even be having a, di a, a dialogue in our own minds right now as I'm talking about someone you were angry with and you're grumbling under your voice. You're like, and then we get to the Lord's Prayer. We're like, our Father who art in heaven, right? We've, we've been there, done that, right? True. We've been preoccupied with what's on our hearts that in terms of that anger, it all of a sudden we have to switch gears and it's almost as if we turned it off for a second, but we're back into it. See, that's concerning. And if that wasn't enough, Jesus goes on to say, and if you insult a brother or sister, you'll be liable to the council. And I have to tell you, I've sat through a ton of council meetings and there is no worse punishment than standing before the council. Just kidding. 
But how quickly and freely we throw out an insult in somebody's direction. We even pat ourselves on the back when we feel like, ooh, that was a creative one. My Spanish teacher back in high school, what he would say, he would always say, you're sharp as a marble. That's not a compliment. But we're so quick to put others down. And for those of you who are thinking of a pastor, you know, I'm just condescending in tone. You know what? That's covered in our text for today too. And if that wasn't enough, Jesus continues, watch this. And if you say, you fool, you will be, li be liable to the hell of fire. Wait, wait, what? What? That seems to be a bit excessive and extreme, don't you think? It's almost as if we'd be better off with the first consequence of judgment than, than the last one. And it's here that Jesus is doing several things. The first thing is he's identifying the nature of sin and causes us to reframe and refocus our understanding. You see, when it comes to sin, we, we typically view it as, as this tiered or leveled approach. We think, okay, here's this sin, and, and this one, oh, this one's a little bit worse than that one, uh, but this one's not as bad, and as long as I don't do this one, then, then I am good to go. And, and, be, and, and since I just do these, and there's a whole bunch of stuff in the middle, that means I'm closer to heaven than all these other people. We think like that sometimes, don't we? We think like that in terms of that tiered level of sin. Yet Jesus is taking that understanding and he is turning it upside down. He's imploding it and he's taking what we would identify as a pretty tame offense that we would consider that shouldn't be on our spiritual scorecard whatsoever and assigns it to a slightly, to a seemingly more severe consequence where the punishment seems to outweigh the crime. Which brings us to the second piece that Jesus shows us in terms of our need of God's grace. So first of all, he implodes our understanding of that tiered level of sin, but he gives us this understanding of grace, that we are all under the power of sin. See, Romans chapter 3, verse 10 highlights, as it is written, none is righteous. Romans chapter 3, verse 10. 22, the second part in 23, the first part shared this. It says, for there is no distinction since all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And if you want to look at that text in context, I invite you to please read verse 21 through 25 to get the picture. But that is the crux. That is the central focus of that passage of scripture. See, we're all in need. And what Jesus does here is he takes that list of things. He first of all implodes it and he says, you know what? Even this one that you would think is insignificant has significance. There is no longer a tiered approach to sin, but it is a level playing field. But let's be honest, right? You fool seems pretty tame compared to what typically kind of rolls off our tongue. The string of descriptive words that we so eloquently weave together as we're sitting in traffic. Can I get an amen? Right? Some of you are like, I, yeah, I don't want to amen that, but that's what I do. And sometimes those are, are just, just as destructive or even more so as lifting a hand against our neighbor or brother or sister. Because that's all too common, right? We're quick to tear down. We're quick to cast a word in somebody's direction. And we're so quick to voice an anger or a frustration. So perhaps we would be wise to pray as the psalmist prays in Psalm 141 verse 3. Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord, and keep watch over the doors of my lips. In fact, how many of you have, your lips have gotten you in trouble this week? How many of you are thinking about something that, that you shouldn't have said, but it just blurted out and came out? 
In fact, think about the last conversation, or better yet, your next conversation. Be mindful of of what you're saying and what is being spoken. How would your conversation fit into these three categories that, that Jesus is highlighting for us this morning? And it begs the question, right? That last one. Who's really the fool when we're not mindful or careful with our words? In fact, James chapter 3 devotes a whole section on taming the tongue because it's important, because it has the power to bring life or the power to tear it down. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 7 shares this. It says, the mouth of fools are their ruin and their lips are a snare to themselves. See, the reason anger is concerning is how seemingly and easily insignificant responses can really evolve and escalate over time. I want you to think in terms of Master Yoda this morning, right? The journey to the dark side. We're going to have a little fun this morning, uh, if we could. In your best Yoda voice, I want you to say it with me. Ready? Next slide. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Anybody embarrassed by the person that's sitting next to them right now a little bit for doing that? There, there's this progression, right? There's this progression. Biblically, it's really the journey that, that King Saul had as he was jealous of David, and that jealousy turned to bitterness, and that bitterness turned to hatred, and that hatred caused him to not only spiral out of control and to seek David's life, but eventually God's favor, God's spirit was removed from King Saul. In essence, the Spirit of God left the building much like Elvis. And church, the hardness of heart can build up over time. And it can cause this disconnect between others, our walk with God, and also the movement of God's Holy Spirit in our lives. I want you to think about it in terms of going to the dentist for your checkup. And you're one of those people who regularly brush and floss for a solid one to three hours before your appointment. But they go, you go in with these, these, they go in with these scraping tools and they remove all the plaques that's built up since your last visit and you get done and it feels like, like part of your tooth is missing because you're used, used to having that stuff there and you even now have spaces back between your teeth. Even with normal brushing and flossing, it's amazing how quickly plaque can build up over time and it can become hardened. There had been a building of spiritual plaque in Saul's heart and life. He was consumed by his own bitterness and the same thing can really happen to us and it often begins with the smallest and sometimes what we would see as the most insignificant things that that seed of bitterness and resentment as that animosity begins to grow and we become more and more accustomed to a certain way of responding. We, our fuse gets a little bit shorter and, and that anger begins to, to well up and it comes out a little bit more freely. And maybe your tendency is to come off a bit hot, right? A little bit of destructive criticism rather than constructive criticism. All because of the stuff that's on your plate, because of what that person said or did, and you're just responding. In fact, I want to tell you about one experience I had when bitterness consumed me. Um, It all started when I fell into a burning ring of fire. It fell, fell down, down. And the flames, they were getting higher. And I got to tell you, it burned, burned, burned. That ring of fire, that ring of fire. Anybody with me this morning? Just a little bit. 
But, but I got to tell you, that's what anger does. Anger consumes us. It leads to this destructive process, a thought, an attitude, a pattern, a word, a behavior, and, and it gets all consuming. And before we know it, we find that we're engulfed in this thing called anger. And what Jesus is doing here is he's saying, it's not simply your actions that break this command, but, but the state of your spirits and the state of your hearts. And even those things that you would say, well, that's small and that's insignificant are of great significance when it comes to this command of God. And maybe right now you're dealing with an angry or critical spirit. Maybe that stuff is pulling you and others down. James chapter 1 verse 19 shares this. It says, you must understand this, my beloved. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to what? Anger. And read this next part with me because this is important. Verse 20. For your anger does not produce God's righteousness. You see, no matter how justified we may be feeling, no matter, no matter how in the right we may have been thinking in terms of our response, living out that anger and living into that anger does not produce God's righteousness. It does give him glory. We are not a reflection of God's nature. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 20 shares, Do you see someone who is hasty in speech? There is more hope for a fool than for anyone like that. Proverbs chapter 29, 22, one given to anger stirs up strife, and the, the hothead caused much transgression. See, those are just the tip of the iceberg, and that's concerning, isn't it? James goes on to say, Therefore, rid yourselves of all sordidness, those things that lack value and, and rank and growth of wickedness. So, so let me tell you, we've all played the game in our homes, haven't we? Where you go to throw out a piece of garbage and the garbage is already full to overflowing. You know the game I'm talking about. And the trick is to place your piece of garbage on the top without having that tower fall. Because what happens if the tower falls under your watch? You're the one who has to take out the garbage. You played this, I know you played this game before. I have. We're, we're and sometimes we stand there and we spend more time putting something carefully on the top of the garbage than it would take for us to actually take out the garbage. And if we don't do take out the garbage over time, what happens? It begins to stink, right? That's how many of us are dealing with anger right now. We're holding on to it. We're stacking one thing on the next and the next and the next and the next. Church, I want to tell you this morning, get rid of it. Get it out of your spiritual house. Don't let it consume you. Don't let it compromise you. Don't let it create a funk in your life because that funk can impact you. It can impact others and it can impact those closest to you. Instead, James continues, and welcome with meekness the implanted word that has the power to save your souls. You see, there is a sense of humility to receive God's word and instruction, that it would become a part of us. That so, so in times of anger, God's word would give us strength. In times of anger, God's word would, would give us guidance and, and give us peace, that peace which passes all understanding. You see, Jesus invites us to do is to peel back these layers and reflect on, on how the impact of our words as well as our attitudes, those things that we would consider small, as just as harmful as our actions. And if you're holding on to hearts right now, I pray that you find grace to respond with grace, even when you're feeling frustrated, even when you're tired, even, even when you're at your wit's end and, and you feel like that was the, the last straw. I pray that you would hold on and hold those hearts well that have been placed in your care. You see, when that anger begins to build, that's when we get in trouble. 
So the, so the original Incredible Hulk. I'm talking 1972, 77 to 1982 Incredible Hulk. I'm talking BCGI Incredible Hulk. That is before computer generated imagery Incredible Hulk, where, where Dr. Banner was played by Bill Bixby and bodybuilder Lou Ferrigno was painted green. He flexed his own muscles. He ripped his own shirts instead of having a green screen do it. You, you, some of you remember this. For those who may be a little bit younger, I have a picture up on the screen this morning. Uh, here's a picture of Bill Bixby, of course, in the front, and of course, it, it, in standing behind is me, <laughs> behind Lou Ferrigno. Okay, let's just clarify that. And just before Dr. Banner transformed into the Hulk, he would say, what would he say? He said, don't make me angry. And then he paused, he said, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. And it's like, here we go. This was the exciting part. And then the theme would go, Dun, 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 right? And, and you're just pumped to see that happen. But at the end of that at, at the episode, every single time, they had that sad music as he was walking alone. Right, right? He was walking alone. Some of you are dealing with that swing of anger right now. And, and as a result, you're feeling this sense of isolation that that anger and that quick, quick temper, that condescending spirit can create. So Jesus' words are hitting home today as we peel back these layers of what it means. That it's, it's more than a physical act of taking someone's life. But how are we taking life from others through our words and our attitudes and even our temperament? Get a hold of that anger. At whatever phase, whatever capacity it may be in, get a hold of it. In fact, fast forward to 2012 Avengers documentary as they're battling the space aliens. Captain America says to a non-transformed Dr. Banner, Dr. Banner, now may be a really good time for you to get angry. To which Dr. Banner responds, that's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. And then he transforms into the rage monster, which is the Hulk. You see, much like the Hulk, there is this thing that is percolating within all of us that's called anger. And it has the potential of bubbling over in all sorts of ways at any given time. And it comes from a whole bunch of sources, unmet needs, fear, frustration, pain, stress, unresolved grief, a trauma, a feeling of helplessness. And the question is, how do we take control of that anger rather than having it take control of us? And I want to be clear this morning, the emotion itself isn't bad, but it's a matter of how are we responding to it. In fact, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26 and following, it says, be angry. And I love that because it gives us permission to be real with our emotions, right? To deal with it in a healthy way. And it goes on to say, but do not sin. And it tells us how. It says, do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not make room for the devil. Meaning deal with it. Don't hold on to it. Don't let it consume you. Don't allow it to impact your words and your actions, your attitudes, your reactions, your interactions. In fact, think about when you go to bed angry, right? How well do you sleep? You toss and turn, your mind races, you wake up with that burden still weighing on you. It impacts your day, it impacts your relationships with others, and it keeps you stuck. And ultimately, it provides an entry point for the devil to manipulate and twist and cause you to be more and more toxic. 
and also to isolate you to become more and more isolated from others. So as a way to revert the Hulk back to Dr. Banner, the Hulk lullaby was introduced in the Avengers Age of Ultron documentary. Now, some of you are like, Pastor, those aren't documentaries, they're movies. No, documentary just makes me sound like I'm smarter uh, when it comes to this stuff. But, but Natasha, right, a.k.a. Black Widow here, would slowly approach the Hulk, and she would say, big guy, the sun's getting real low. And she would gently touch his hand. And this would calm down the Hulk enough that he would change back into Dr. Banner. And I never understood, for the life of me, how his pants could re- do, take care of that transformation and just have tears, but that's just me. But the question here is this. What's your mantra? What's your visual reminder to get back to center, to keep your heart in check? See, we all need one, right? You know, I am still kicking myself for not buying that Planet Hulk gladiator statue from Bowen Designs. It's a 17-plus inch statue that was originally $300 at Source Comic Books and Games when I was going to seminary. And I was so tempted to use my seminary loan money to buy that statue and then figure out how to pay for the rest of the seminary. There was this little voice, however, that said, you know, John, that's not a good idea. So I quit seminary and no, I didn't quit seminary. (laughs) But now you can't find that statue for under $650. And the ones that you can find have nicks in them. And and you don't want the ones that have nicks in them. There's one that's still in the box that is signed by Lou Ferrigno for $1,200. So so I got this one instead. Not not as inspiring as the one you see on your screen. Uh, But that statue, that statue, right? I like it because sometimes you feel like you're heading into battle. Sometimes you feel like, like you, 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 you want to just step on the tentacles of some monster that's trying to bring you down. Sometimes you need a shield and a helmet for protection because of all the stuff that is being thrown at you that you are supposed to deal with in a healthy way. But it reminds me that every day we are going into a spiritual battle and God calls us to be different, to live for his glory to lean on his word that has the power to transform life, to put on the whole armor of God, that that if there is a complaint, a pain, an anger on your heart, or to seek healing, or a pain on somebody else's heart, to seek resolution. See, that's what we're called to do. We're called to be different. We're called to be responding in a different way to those things that might enrage us a little bit. You know, um, just a moment, our ushers are going to wait upon us for our tithes, our gifts, and our offerings. And an invitation, uh, once again, to not let that basket go by. Simply put something in. Uh, We see on the screen this morning just some of the treasures uh, from last week. We got a coin that has an angel on it. Some people have these in their pocket as a prayer coin. Uh, We have a valentine from God that's on the left-hand side. Uh, A bite-sized three musketeers. So if you can put the rest of the bag in the offering basket this week, that'd be fantastic. Uh, There was also a Subway gift card. uh, And then, of course, from two artists in the congregation will grateful uh, for those pieces of art. Uh, just a wonderful way to participate in the, in the life and work of God's kingdom. So thank you for that. And so your spiritual practice this week. What I want you to do is I want you to please read Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13 through 18. That, that talks about putting on that armor of God. 
And I want you to pray over Psalm 141, verse 3, of Proverbs chapter 8, verse 21, and then Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23. And after you read those passages of Scripture, I want you to reflect on this question. What fruit am I producing in terms of my words and attitudes? And then what do I see when I peel back the layers in terms of anger? And where is it that we've fallen short? Where is it that, that we often have a critical or judgmental or angry spirit? And then apply. This week, I will. What will we do to bring about a change in us to live out the life that God calls us into? These things we pray in his name. Amen.